You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Campus Beat. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen, and I have the great pleasure to welcome Dr. Mark Walters, Dean and Professor of Law, into the virtual studio today. Hello, Mark. Hi, it's great to be here. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. Today, we're going to be talking about the Queen's Board of Trustees and its decision to approve the university's move to remove Sir Johnny McDonald's name from the law building following some recommendations made by you and uh, Principal Patrick Dean. Thank you very much again for joining us. And before we talk about all of that, maybe we can uh, understand a little bit more about you and your role at Queen's University in addition to your research expertise in the Faculty of Law. Oh, okay. Um, Well, I've I've, uh, been the Dean here in the Faculty of Law for just over one year. Um, I previously taught uh, at McGill uh, for not actually not that long, um, uh, and about three years. And then before that, uh, I was here. I was a regular faculty member at Queens for um, for a number of years. Um, um, in fact, um, I spent most of my teaching career here at Queens, um, and I, I'm a graduate of the law school of, of Queens as well. And my, my research interests are in the area of public and constitutional law, uh, legal history, uh, and the history of legal ideas. Um, and I do have a particular interest in, um, in the history of Crown Indigenous relations. So uh, part of my research is focused on, um, on Aboriginal and treaty rights. Great. Thank you so much. Maybe for some of our listeners out there, now that we know you have a law degree from Queen's University, what inspired your pursuit of a scholarship as opposed to the practice of law? Well, that's an interesting question. I, um, when I went to law school um, in, uh, in the mid-1980s, I graduated in 1989, um, I just assumed that I would be going off to practice law somewhere. Uh, but it was here at Queen's when I, um, I, I came to realize that the study of law is academically fascinating and, um, and legal research and writing was something that I just felt passionate about. Um, and I could, I could see at that point that uh, as a practicing lawyer, I just wouldn't have the freedom to explore uh, legal ideas in the kind of depth that uh, a legal academic can, um, and so uh, so I decided to do graduate work, and uh, and that led uh, into a career as a as a law professor. Great, thank you so much for sharing. Now, as I mentioned at the top, we are talking today about the Queen's Board of Trustees' decision to remove the name Sir John A. Macdonald from the law school here at Queen's University following recommendations, again, made by yourself and Principal Patrick Dean. So can you tell us a little bit, maybe bringing us right back to the beginning of the process, actually, where did the motivation emerge to remove Sir Johnny McDonald's name from the building? Right, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's important, I think, but to understand this decision to, to, to um, 
to understand where the, the motivations came from. So I think you're asking the right question to begin with. Um, when I was a law student here, John A. Macdonald was just the first prime minister of Canada. He was uh, uh, one of the so-called fathers of confederation, maybe the most important one. Um, and I think the, uh, the motivation for change only um, developed gradually as people began to develop uh, a, a richer and more balanced understanding of McDonald's legacies. Um, and that only was possible with um, developments uh, really that um, only began uh, in the last decade or so as people began to understand the history of residential schools in, uh, in Canada where indigenous children were sent in order to be um, in, really stripped of their language and cultures and assimilated into Euro-Canadian society. Um, and uh, so in, uh, in 2006, the, the Canadian government settled class action litigation with uh, various indigenous groups and church organizations and admitted um, that, that uh, Indigenous children had suffered serious abuses and harms in the residential school system. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, uh, and that one of the, the provisions in that agreement was to establish the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Um, the TRC uh, reported in 2015. And that report is just a very well-documented account of the whole history of residential schools. And uh, to a certain extent, a history of uh, governmental policy and relationships with uh, Indigenous people. And um, so this is bringing us finally back to MacDonald and his role um, uh, as Prime Minister in the mid-1880s. Uh, um, and as uh, the minister responsible for Indian affairs, he held both offices at the same time. Um, MacDonald was um, responsible for initiating the federal residential school policy. Um, now, he, he, uh, he died in 1891, and that policy continued for decades afterwards. Um, and I don't think anybody says he's responsible for everything that happened in the decades after um, he died. Uh, but in a way, he's, he's associated with the residential school system as uh, the minister responsible at the time that the federal government developed that policy. Um, and as people began to understand the, the devastating harms of this policy for Indigenous people, they began also to focus on McDonald's role and began to question um, whether, you know, the, the earlier one-dimensional understanding of McDonald as a, a hero, um, had to be reconsidered. Um, now, um, the, the, the immediate trigger for the consultation process in the summer um, was a, a, the submission of a petition uh, to the Board of Trustees. Uh, the petition was launched by a, a doctoral student here at Queen's, Sebastian DeLine. Um, and uh, it, it's attracted, I think, close to 5,000 signatures so far. And that's, that petition asked for McDonald's name to be removed from the building. Um, and it was supported by uh, a series of, of letters from student and faculty organizations at Queens. And so that's the immediate trigger for 
the principal's decision uh, to launch a process um, in inquiring into this, the question of McDonald and his name on the building. Great. Okay. So with uh, the university's response to be able to strike this uh, advisory committee, tell us about the work of the committee and the public consultation process. What did that look like? Right. So um, the, the advisory committee included uh, faculty, staff, uh, students, and members of the broader Queen's community. Um, it included Indigenous uh, representatives or, or members. Um, and um, their focus was uh, just on trying to get a sense of where the Queen's community stood on this issue, but the broader community as well. The consultation process was designed to be fairly open. Um, the primary vehicle for, for consulting was uh, an online uh, submission process, mm -hmm. uh, the survey question and the opportunity to submit written comments. But the, um, the committee also met with certain people who wanted to meet personally via Zoom, of course, um, under the circumstances. And they met with certain stakeholder groups, some of the local uh, Indigenous communities, um, representatives from the city of Kingston, uh, and um, uh, and there were as well, I think there were five uh, alumni focus groups that met, and this was conducted through the Office of Advancement, and so they had access to the information gathered in those focus groups. Um, so there were a variety of ways of trying to get um, at the uh, at the attitudes and opinions of people on this really <laughs> let's call it what it is a divisive question um, and um, and I think in the end it was a it was about a seven week period not a I know it's not a long period for consultation on a complex issue uh, it started on July 30th ended on September 18th. Um, and I think that in the end, they did get a very broad range of views uh, and perspectives um, on this difficult issue. Well, thank you very much for giving us some of the details there. And maybe we can learn a little bit more from you about the report. I believe it was 65 pages that the advisory committee uh, wrote and, and produced and submitted to you. Can we hear a little bit more about their findings? Sure. Yeah, it's it, it may be 65 pages, but a lot of that is uh, appendices. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so the actual, but they did, um, I think they did a, a brilliant job, to be honest, uh, in drafting uh, a, an analysis of uh, the consultation process and what they heard, and then developing a recommendation. Um, and th there were... Um, there were a couple of things I think that are noteworthy about their approach. Uh, I think the, for example, they, uh, they were clear that their focus is on one building and one name. Um, and there, there are, in, and, or, or there may be factors that are specific to the law school building and the John A. McDonald name. Mm -hmm. And they were not trying to make a statement about other uh, buildings, other names, or how to approach those issues, nor uh, were they trying to make a statement about the statue in the park or the name of uh, Sir John A. Macdonald Boulevard or any of the other 
commemorative uh, namings that um, are associated with MacDonald. And I think that was very important because there probably are some unique contextual factors in each of these cases and um, they should be examined on a case by case basis. Um, another interesting uh, approach which they took was they sought to identify relevant principles to apply. Mm -hmm. And um, they, um, they look to the, uh, to the experiences of other institutions, including other universities. Um, people often talk about the Yale principles for denaming things. Uh, McGill has a, a really good statement of principles as well. Queens didn't have or doesn't have um, a statement of principles of a general nature of this kind. Uh, so, so they, they um, decided they needed to, to identify their principles that would guide them in their work, uh, drawing on the principles from these other places, but putting it into a context which they thought was specific to the question that they confronted. And I think uh, it, it's, it's because of uh, McDonald's, um, uh, the concerns about McDonald raised by indigenous people, not only indigenous people, uh, McDonald also held views that uh, are now considered to be quite offensive relating to racial and ethnic minorities and in particular um, Asian Canadians. Mm -hmm. Those views are important to acknowledge as well. But um, uh, their thought was we should consider these principles through the lens of an Indigenous perspective. And after consulting with several elders at Queen's, um, they, they used uh, a concept which exists in some Indigenous traditions of a sweetgrass braid, a braid that is, uh, contains three strands. Um, and uh, each strand uh, is, is a metaphor for looking at a problem through a certain perspective or angle. The first strand looking back seven generations, the second strand looking at the so-called seven uh, teachings or, or grandfather teachings of love, respect, honesty, wisdom, and the like. Mm -hmm. And the third strand focusing on the future seven generations. And they, I thought it was quite a, um, uh, a, a, a very creative way to think about how to examine this problem, uh, a vehicle for, for um, allowing a discussion about some pretty fundamental values and, um, and virtues as well, truth, wisdom, humility, etc. Um, and uh, so that was another unique thing and I'd encourage people interested in that part of it to have a look at the report. Um, and where can we find it? It's um, so I guess the best place would be to look on the principal's um, website. Mm -hmm. uh, the principal's office has a website dedicated to equity, diversity, inclusivity, and indigeneity. You'll find uh, the, I think it's that's where you will find the principal's and dean's declaration about uh, that uh, um, fighting systemic racism, but there's also um, a link to all of the documents that were submitted before the Board of Trustees uh, on the McDonald name issue. Now, with having learned more about the report, thank you for sharing. What recommendations uh, then did you and Principal Dean make to the Board of Trustees? 
Right. So uh, the advisory committee recommended the name be removed, and uh, and so did I. And I had a, a separate report that I um, uh, wrote that uh, ex explained why I thought the advisory committee's uh, report um, ought to be accepted. Mm -hmm. uh, I should add that um, independently of the advisory committee, uh, the law faculty board, the the faculty members uh, and staff and student representatives met and voted on the issue and uh, they too um, recommended denaming the building. And uh, it was, a, it was a, a clear majority in favor of that conclusion, 29 to three, I think was the vote. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wanted to include in my report a reference to uh, simply the will of the people in the building as it were, um, the present members of the law school community. Um, and, um, and then uh, Patrick Dean, the principal, uh, accepted our recommendations. Um, just in, uh, maybe I should backtrack just a little bit on, on the results of the consultation process. Sure. Um, um, there were over 3,000 people who participated, um, uh, most of them online, and, and the, the committee found uh, that that the opinions were roughly split um, on this issue, about 50-50 both ways. Um, I think it's fair to say, as, and, and I'm, I'm in, I think this is confirmed by the reaction that I'm getting from my, my alumni, I call them my, it's a, the law school alumni, um, is that a lot of the law school alumni uh, from the earlier years are deeply upset by the decision. Okay. Um, but more recent grads uh, are very happy. And of course, as I just mentioned, the, the present faculty, staff and students are overwhelmingly supportive. So it's a, it seems like there is a, a somewhat of a generational divide on this question. Okay, so where, where would some of the contention or opposition be stemming from in your view? Yeah, so this gets to the heart of the question, doesn't it? Um, I think for those opposed, uh, McDonald represents Canada. Uh, he, he is the founder of Canada and that, uh, not the only one, but a principal founder of Canada. And that achievement is something that really defines him as, uh, as a, an historical figure in Canada, mm -hmm. as an important um, contributor to Canadian society. Uh, the, the argument is often made, if it weren't for McDonald, there might not be a Canada. And so that um, alone is, um, is for them the starting point. And then added to that, the concerns about his, his attitudes and policies relating to Indigenous peoples and uh, racial and ethnic minorities, from their perspective is, um, is is just part of an historical era. He was a man of his times and we can't judge historical figures like McDonald against moral standards of a subsequent time. And uh, taking all of that together, their view is that it is a kind of an attempt to rewrite history, to, to take the name off the building or to erase history. Um, or, you know, you get into the, to the, the rhetoric of of uh, cancel culture that we are uh, in effect canceling mm. McDonald through this decision. Um, 
And um, I, I can see some of those arguments about history. Um, my own perspective, and, and really this was the uh, approach taken by the advisory committee, that um, the question isn't really, do we think McDonald was a good or bad person or whether on balance, um, all of his policies taken together were positive or negative. Um, because it is hard to judge people uh, against a moral standard that they may not have appreciated. Uh, our, our approach really was um, looking at the historical facts without getting into uh, moral judgment about them. And so the base, and, and it just boils down to some basic facts. Um, yes, he did uh, help to, to found the country. And, and my personal view is that the project of Canada is a very noble project and, and he deserves to be acknowledged for his, his uh, part in that. Yes, he did uh, help to initiate the residential school policy. And that policy did have uh, incalculable harms um, for Indigenous people that are intergenerational and Indigenous people are still grappling with the, the consequences of that policy today. So those are all facts. And I, I don't know that anybody can disagree with any of those facts. And mm -hmm. then we ask the question, do we want his name on the building? So we can still say, yes, he was a brilliant politician and, uh, and we celebrate the positive things that he did. But when we ask the question, um, what are we trying to achieve in the law school today? Who do we want to welcome into the law school? And are we doing a good job in, do in, in that respect? And then, then we reach some problems um, and we do have to make a moral judgment and it's not about McDonald so much as about us and who we want to be, who we aspire to be as an academic community. And, and I think we want to aspire to advancing uh, the basic goals of reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. Uh, and we want to further the goals of uh, equity, diverse, diversity, and uh, inclusivity. Uh, ensuring that we are a, a place that welcomes diverse people from all backgrounds. And, uh, and when you get down to it, um, our students told us quite bluntly, you can't really say that you're welcoming Indigenous students into your building um, to study law when the name on the building is the name of someone who uh, did so much to, uh, to harm uh, their communities, cultures, languages, and identities. Um, and th they, um, I think quite rightly so, uh, pointed out a sense of hypocrisy that, they, that our claim to be um, interested in reconciliation and inclusivity seemed a little bit empty to them, very empty to them, uh, as long as we seem to be celebrating McDonald. Um, so that, that was the, I think that's at the heart of the decision, um, or sorry, the recommendations that the, the advisory committee made and, and that I made to the principal. Wow, thank you very much. I really appreciate those insights. Okay, so now we're coming toward the end of our time together. What happens next now that the trustees have approved the removal of Sir John A's name? Right. Um, so the, the, um, 
the Board of Trustees in its decision uh, included a couple of other um, uh, provisions, I guess you could say. One would be that the principal should come back with a plan for some kind of public education about the whole McDonald um, decision. And I, I think that is uh, an acknowledgement of the fact that we don't want to erase history or rewrite history. Uh, there may be a place maybe in the law school for um, ensuring that, that, that there is a, a record of why the building used to be called McDonald Hall, i.e. the good things the McDonald did, and also a balanced and um, thoughtful account of, of why the name was re removed. In other words, of the response to uh, some of the negative legacies of McDonald's. So that's one, and that, that'll be something that we'll have to consult with people about to, to, uh, to reach um, an appropriate way of dealing with public education on the issue. And then the second one is uh, renaming. Um, so the principal is asked by the Board of Trustees to come back at some point with a proposal for a process about how to go about the question of renaming the building. And it's, um, it's not as if we have to rename the building. I guess that would be one option is not to rename the building, but to leave it as the law building or something like that. Um, but if we are interested in thinking about a different name, what, what process would um, be a fair one for addressing that question? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, is there anything else that you would like to add about uh, the process, uh, the, the removal of the name, what's happening next, anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I, I guess I will say that uh, I do appreciate how controversial the um, the decision the decision is, and and how um, many people are upset about the result, and many people are are very happy. And uh, for those who are upset, I I would um, encourage them to read the various reports and and uh, try to see the issue from the perspective of um, of students today, students, faculty, and staff today. Um, and then I, finally, I would, I would simply like to thank all members of the, the Queen's community, the broader Queen's community and, and the local community for um, participating. As I say, over 3,000 people did. And uh, that was really important to help uh, all of us uh, understand um, this really complex question in a, in a fair and um, we hope a, a fair way that led to the best decision possible. Great. Thank you very much. Folks, we've been talking with Dr. Mark Walters, the Dean and Professor of Law in the Faculty of Law here at Queen's University. Mark, thank you very much for sharing with us so much about the process, uh, about the removal of Sir John A. Macdonald's name today. We really do appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.